doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to How to Tell the Damn Story Summer Series, our fourth and final episode. All through July, we have been talking to you free for nothing about <laughs> aspects of uh, getting your writing from your heart and your brain out onto the page or the screen into uh, editing. And then now we're going to talk about getting it out there and and there's only one team that could do that, ladies and gentlemen. We got to say hello to uh, some individuals here. By the way, I'm Alex. I'm, not, I'm Alex Simmons again. It's one of the things that I like to be on this show. I like to be Alex Simmons. Um, when I'm not Alex Simmons, I'm Chris Ryan. And what I do is apparently I uh, steal identities when I'm not writing stories. All right. Uh, the real Alex Simmons. Uh, Alex Simmons is right over there. He is a creator of sto stories. A uh, Avenger in his own right for the youth of America. He has uh, won an Inkpot and many other awards and uh, is known for having written Archie and Scooby-Doo and having a great <laughs> addition to the Batman universe that needs to come back. Yes. And, of course, he is the creator of the legendary uh, African-American hero and world adventurer in the 1930s who uh, uh, may be having uh, adventures in the 1930s, but Aaron Blackjack Day is very much talking about the struggles that we still go through today. So there is Alex Simmons, ladies hey, and hey, gentlemen. Hey, hey, everybody. How and you? we have pop culture king, icon, uh, the man who has written about Pee Wee Herman and Christmas Story and uh, Back to the Future and... A dark crystal and Howard the Duck and something about your mom. And he is Cassine Gaines, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Hello, hello, hello. And now, both a spiritual and creative man who would never talk about your mom, someone who has not only done spoken word, but he has written poetry, he has written songs, he's written. Uh, children's books and illustrated them. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the uh, 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 true lights, um, uh, even computer companies come to see yeah. this guy. They love yeah. him so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Jackson, say hello. Oh, there you go. Tony. Yo. Yeah. There we go. Yep, there he is. That's Tony. All right. And now, formerly known as Ion. Oh! <laughs> Throwback, throwback Thursday. Universally acclaimed from very many galaxies. Universally acclaimed uh, slam poet, um, writer, reviewer, co-founder of Black Nerd Problems, uh, an experiencer himself of Black Nerd Problems, <laughs> and um, author of no. <laughs> And now a published author in his own right with his new book of poetry. We are we were all someone yesterday. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to the one, the only, the Omar Holman. There he is. Then, uh, oh, and he's got the gun show. We forgot about that. There you go. All right, so gentlemen, we are in the, the final installment of this summer series. And we're talking about, you know, all right, we've been inspired in the first week. And then we talked about getting butts and chairs in writing the second week. And then last week, our third part was all about editing 
and uh, lots of advice on that and some horror stories and all that. Now let's talk about that work all having been done. Then we have to take our beautiful babies, the piece of our heart and soul, and put it out there in a cold, cruel world and try and get it noticed. Oh, okay. I hate it. I hate it. Okay, so, uh, let's start there. Let's start there. I'm home and talk about the hate. Uh, my, uh, uh, my partner, Will, that um, uh, I started Black Nerd Problems with, he has a, we're both of the same mindset where we'd like to just let the weeks let the week let the work speak for itself right but i also i remember my mom and her telling me like if you don't tell people what you do or show people what you do who then who the hell's gonna care no one will know so it's like mm. that constant struggle of like i and i know i'm a horror i am a horrible self-promoter like don king would be disgusted at me <laughs> um, I, don't know. I think he might like your hair yeah. <laughs> I, similar, you know, I think i think yeah, you know hair though but like it's just that I, and I don't know what it I I don't know what it is where it's like you have to like all right well now I gotta huh, I gotta get out there and promote like you can find different ways of doing it but it's, it's you gotta it, maybe it's the pride thing we were, we spoke on um, last episode about like which editing if there's pride in editing there's also pride in this you gotta be able to put your pride aside for this project that people may enjoy or you know are rooting for or want to see or that you created and yeah you, know, you just have to well, let it fly and, and I would I would add to that that you know. They're all, there is a, a, uh, an element of hate uh, and, and all of this, but I would suggest that perhaps it's also part of our upbringing, you know? Um, uh, all of us was, were up, uh, raised to, a, to at least some extent um, that, uh, like I was, I, I, to the detriment of my life, I was always... Uh, there was an element in my household that guarded. I have to watch the phrasing. <laughs> that, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's right. Bleeding, folks, trying not to say he's biting his tongue so hard. Yeah. Uh, it was an Irish Catholic uh, house, and uh, there was a. Uh, an element that guarded against anyone getting too big for their britches, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, you think who, who, you think who you are and all that sort of stuff, you know? Um, uh, my mom was not Omar's mom. <laughs> <laughs> there were rumors. That was the you case. know what I'm saying? There were some rumors, but they were false. Um, so, it, you know, it was all that sort of stuff. That um, and Alex, you know, God bless Alex. One of the uh, one of the burdens of our friendship has been that he has had to encourage me to work that shit out. <laughs> Pushed him down yeah, the stairs several times. To, like yeah. you said, you have to put it to the side. And again, we are by by uh, by default, we are our own best representatives of the work that we've done, because. You look around the room and everyone else is left, you know, and we have to be that person. So uh, it's been a long journey to find out how to do that. And I tell you what, I'm still growing in this area. So I'm looking forward to your responses as well as everyone else. Um, Mr. Gaines, uh, you have had, oh man, you've had some of your books uh, translated into multiple languages and you have had appearances at um, both things that you were uh, brought to or brought to the TV studios for, and stuff that you've gone, you know, one of the things I love about you is that you show up in places that I would never have thought of. 
I learned a lot from you there. Well, you go to the Horicon, you know? And I'm I like, do. Wow, that's beautiful. All right, so tell us about uh, your perspective on this. How, how, do you, how do you get yourself out there? Yeah, I. it's funny. I know people that um, are very much so like, you know, I, I wrote it and now like it's someone else's job to sell it sort of thing or someone else's job to find it. And like, you know, I, I was always of the belief very early on um, that like, I'll go anywhere that will have me, you know, like to yeah. sort of like, yeah. I mean, just to sort of. Um, That's what we heard. Just, <laughs> just to just to talk about about the work, you know, if nothing else. I mean, I have um, I, to me, what's really frustrating is like when I write like a short form thing and everything online lasts forever. But there's so much content that like if people don't read it the day that it's come out, the hour that it's come out, like if it doesn't get a certain number of, so, and I don't write for a lot of, um, I don't do a lot of freelance work. I've maybe written maybe a dozen uh, things in total. So if I've spent time working on something and I feel like it's a part of, you know, my, my catalog or whatever, and the article comes out and then tomorrow it's gone, you know, I'm still in a mindset where I'm, Totally the opposite of Omar. I'm in a mindset where I'm like, look at that article I wrote three weeks ago. And I'm like, what? Like, life has, it's moved on, you know? So that's um, that's been a little bit of an adjustment for me because books sort of last, um, books are more evergreen than uh, internet content. Yeah. But But sometimes, honestly, some of the best things that I think I've written have been things I've written for the internet. And also... I'm aware that um, it's weird because more people have probably read the internet content because it is free and they are on the internet. So like, it's a weird thing that like, I can't get people to stay there, <laughs> but a lot of people probably click it and skim through it and then disappear, you know, mm-hmm. from there. So it does, let me follow up on that. If you don't mind, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of two completely different mindsets. You know, the longer project is, as you say, evergreen and this and that. And but the other things are, are, you know, might be a reaction to what's trending or a commentary on what's, you know, uh, what has been gone on. Or, you know, I also do super short stories that I'll offer up, you know, just here's a day, you know, writing Wednesday or whatever. You pop it up there, no charge. And hopefully people get to say, oh, I want to read more from that person. But... Do you find that you approach things very differently for the internet than, say, you know, uh, a book conference or a TV appearance or something like that? Um, I don't know if I do. I think every project I approach differently, period. You know, and I think ah, it just it's just, it depends on, you know, it's so funny. And I'll, I'll be quick, I promise. But like, so I, I got um, the first freelance job I got was to write for a website called Decider, which is a subsidiary of New York Post. And I pitched them this oral history on Howard the Duck, the film. Yep. And I ended up I writing. Yes, I ended up writing, though, this like 10,000 word article, <laughs> which was just so much more than um, than what I was contracted to do. But they actually, in like a rare twist, they were like, you know what? This is great. And we're actually going to give you more money. Like, we're going to give you more money than what we offered you because (laughs) you did more work than what we thought we were going to get. 
Um, so that was something that had a lot of eyes on it, and they really kind of promoted that on social media. But um, my approach to that, even though it was only 10,000 words, was kind of the same as writing a book. It was just like a really, really, really short one. <laughs> that's, all right, that's interesting. Um, let's go with uh, Tony Jackson. Uh, star Yo. of uh, all sorts of things, <laughs> including uh, computering now. Um, how do you um, get, well, let's talk about it, because uh, you do go onto the internet or social media um, yeah. with creativity on a fairly regular basis. Tell yeah, us I feel, why and... Uh, I, I feel... Uh, I feel uh, I feel similar to um, a lot of a lot of what Omar said in, in terms of when um, when when pieces come out, I definitely have that urge to be like, okay, here it is, you know what I mean, um, and then have it, it it'll be received how it's received. Um, however, uh, I I feel the the other side of that too. Uh, I, I I think as a creator, right? When I when I I used to write books on books on books all just me, all either self-published or just like handcrafted. Um, and when I was writing books, it was, it was, you know what it comes from? College, right? Because I used to do CDs, right? They, CDs mm. are small discs and there's sound <laughs> recorded on them. Um, and you used to have to print up a bunch of CDs at a time, right? So we'd have like boxes and boxes of CDs. And um, I remember just having all of that and then being like, Okay, so, you know, here's a show, you know, and we used to do shows at colleges and stuff like that. And okay, we're, we're pushing these CDs, we're pushing these CDs, and you still have like boxes of CDs. Um, so that mindset I took when I started doing my own stuff, and it was like books. I was just like, okay, let me just get a bunch of books done, and then I'll try to, you know, like move these books around. And I have since gone, you know, in, in the other direction, and I've since said, you know, like, let me really work on um, just continually pushing myself to create. And then uh, create and share, create and share, create and share. So I, I try to do that often because it keeps me, um, it keeps pushing me to make more for one thing. Um, but it also allows me to have something to say without needing to go through the the entire process just just to put something out. So um, so so that that's where I am. Like I, you know, I'm when I'm making a book now and I'm taking my time to you know really put it into something like this. Huh? Ooh. Ooh, you know, I'm, um, I'm, black, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm not going to, you know, print out, you know, like uh, have a bunch of copies printed and, and, and just hustle them. Um, I would like to get there and I would like to learn what the right way is for me to do that. But um, it's it's not something that I've, I've picked up the the skill for yet. You know, mm -hmm. um, I can I can share stuff. I can share a lot of stuff. But, um, yeah, the the. The pushing piece, the marketing piece, is something that I struggle a lot with. And I, I'm going to jump in on there oh. about the creating a bunch of books. I had gotten what ultimately wound up being a piece of horrible advice, you know. And here I'm going to offer to anyone who's listening: <laughs> always get second, third, fourth opinions, right? But I had been at this writers' conference, and and this is when self-publishing, independent publishing. I guess a different term was mm -hmm. just starting to explode, right? And they were saying, "Listen, you know, in the old days, you used to have to go traditionally published, and you know, you would be going for you know your entire life trying to get your first publication." And then he says, "Now you can write. You uh, should be writing and uh, uh, publishing three, four, five books 
to establish yourself and your credibility and all that stuff. And I stupidly paid attention to that. And, you know, I'm five novels in and <laughs> I go to Yale, the Yale summer uh, um, writing intensive. And I speak to uh, this this writer was it, it was like 18 minutes before she exploded. I had a one on one with her. You know, she left me and became really well known. She was like just a Midwest uh, star and then boom, right? Um, she apologized on behalf of public publishing uh, as an entity that I was told this. Wow. <laughs> How about that? She, she says, I really am sorry that somebody told you that. Wow. She says, because one, it's very rare that a publisher will look at your material now that you've self-published, you've independently published it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, big asterisk, you know, this is a big learning moment for anybody who's uh, paying attention or looking for advice. Don't run right into independent publishing because you can. I am now taking a huge risk. I'm restarting my career. And I, the risk is that I've almost completely rewritten the first book. And there may still be a company that's interested. I haven't spoken to them in months, so they may have changed their mind. Um, but I'm in now. I'm dedicated to get this one done. And I have one that is like three-fifths done that no one has ever seen. So that'll be my next project because I can market that. Yeah. But, I mean, you learn. I learned a lot. And I'm a much better writer because of it. But you have to get multiple sources when you get a piece of advice. Um, I know we haven't gone to Mr. Simmons. Has anyone else not gotten a chance to answer this particular question? You guys are all okay? I just wanted to say to Tony's point real quick, Tony, I, there's nothing scarier to me than when I get a box of books and I have that um, pursuit of happiness moment where I feel like I have <laughs> all of my finances are tied up in product. It's real. Gotta get it out. Gotta get it out. And we will get to uh, public appearances. But does anyone else want to talk about this before we move on? Uh, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Uh, yeah, um, th there's, there's a. I won't say a lot, but there's a lot, a lot to say about this experience of promotion and uh, what you go into it thinking, believing, and what you find yourself capable of doing. Uh, I would say two serious realities are, you know, and I, my, my whole thing started in theater. Uh, I started out as an actor doing a lot of theater around New York, and you have to promote. You know, you promote yourself as an actor to try and get agents. You promote yourself to various agents to try and get them to come and see your shows. You promote the show to get an audience in there. You're promoting, you're promoting, you're promoting. That's what you do. That's just a piece of it, whether anybody's told you that or not. So I had a lot of experience doing that. I had a lot of experience being on stage or, or, or being interviewed and stuff. Not that I was a star or anything, but sometimes you do shows out of town and you're the thing that the town paper will buzz about is that your people are there and you're doing this and that's fun or whatever. When I started getting into uh, freelance writing and writing for other people, well, they had a PR department. I, I didn't have to worry about it. And so you think, okay, you're secure with the fact that they know what they're doing, they're gonna do their thing. But the quick story there is I got a deal with a publisher that shall remain nameless. And um, 
it was a two-book deal, and uh, the books were written. I was writing with a writing partner. We did both scripts. We did our part, and the editor who brought us in unfortunately left. That's another. This is the second time that happened. I don't think maybe it's my breath, but the bottom line is they they got in. They got out. Someone else got in. Um, I will mention that the one of the biggest book distributors in the in the world decided they didn't like the cover of the first book, so they weren't going to carry it, mm. which immediately killed enthusiasm at the publishing house for the book. Um, so then they said, well, you know, we'll put it on it. They put it out with the cover, which I hated also. It, it, it wasn't oh. wonderful. Well, seeing that's exactly where I'm going, Cassini. <laughs> Did you see me? Did you see me? <laughs> it wasn't wonderful. And then the reality of that was that my writing partner and I, we found that we had far more success promoting it ourselves. Uh, we, and, and because it had a, a Sherlockian theme to it, the Sherlockians, the clubs and things came out of the walls. We, you know, schools came out of the walls. We were asked to speak. We sold books and that. We did better talking about it ourselves. We came up with gimmicks, with little little giveaway things that we bought from like 99 cent stores and put together a package. Because at a certain point, you say to yourself, I believe in this. I busted my chops to do this. This is a legit job. This is a legit effort. And so I want to make sure somebody knows about it. And I found that over the years since, and again, I'm, I'm really paring this down, with independent stuff that I produce and even with some other things I've done, you are at the whim of some departments as far as whether or not they're going to promote this or whether how much time they're going to put into it. And some publishers will even say to you, okay, we got the book going, so now what's your platform? How many followers do you have? Uh, what, what do you like on social media? So it doesn't matter how you feel about promotion. You're going to be expected to somehow contribute. And I think part of it is is getting comfortable with the fact, did I do a good job? Did I put my my best? Okay, yeah, I did. Then I'm not ashamed of this. And then do what you can. You know, push your comfort zone a little bit if you need to, but do what you can. If you don't like to be on camera, be interviewed on podcasts and things like that. If you don't mind going and just signing, you don't have to you don't have to be like a showman or a showwoman. We're going to break that stuff down, Alex. We're going to okay. break that down okay. just so well, everybody knows what's coming on. You got to go in here. You got to go in here, yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, there's a great nightmare story that Gaines is going to tell. I could tell when he leaned back. But then we're going to go to live appearances and live promotions. And then we're going to go to social media because you can break that up so many more ways. Okay. So okay. that's what, everybody okay? So, anyway, so that's, uh, that's my overview. That's my overview. So, so we're thinking about Live promotion, but before we get to that, we're going to hear from Gaines. Gaines, there's a, it comes right out of Alex's uh, cover nightmare, please. It does. Yeah. So the um, the first nightmare, I had two horrible stories with covers. The first is that when I did my first book, um, which was Inside Pee Wee's Playhouse, we had this cover that we had such a hard time working on. And at some point, and I, I don't recommend necessarily being as... Um, brazen or flippant as I was in this moment necessarily. But um, at some point we were just going through all of this like hell of book cover madness. And we had a cover that was sort of decided. And I said, listen, I, I know that I'm probably in no position to say this, but like you guys make lots of books. 
this is my one. So like, I feel kind of strongly that like, it should be a cover that like, I like because it's it's like. my only book. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um, so can we just spend some more time? Anyway, we came with a great cover, and that great cover resulted in a lawyer's letter because we had Pee Wee Herman in costume on the cover. And the argument that was made by Mr. Rubin's lawyers was that uh, Pee Wee Herman is a character, not a person. It is the same as putting Kermit the Frog on a cover. You can't do that. Um, so we had to change the cover, but fine. Talk about the solution, please. The oh, so the solution was a really, I don't know if I have, uh, I do somewhere. Uh, the solution is a really great cover that actually we ended up, um, it's an illustrated, like anonymous person in like a gray suit, but you can sort of wear the cover, right? It was a good, like last minute. Hey, I can, uh, grab it somewhere. No, nope, that's not it. Oh, I can show you the old, co- can I show you the old cover? I can show you the old, <laughs> cover. The old cover. This is the old cover. For- you know, I got to tell you guys, because you all have, wait a minute, Kasim, because you guys have that blurred background, whenever you hold a cover to the screen, oh. it's blurred. Oh, wait, I can I can change that then for a moment. Well, I, I don't know if this is really going well for the audio. No. But, uh, so, well, let me, let me describe the final cover. Was. So this is the original cover, which had like a picture of Paul Rubens, and he's kind of, we found this really good picture where he's pointing like from two different sides, so we sort of yeah. had him pointing at yeah. the cover. But that was the next. And we have this other one where you can sort of wear the book cover. And that turned into a great promo for you. Yeah. It did turn into a great promo. But so then we had that experience. Uh, I had a book on a Christmas story. No problems with that. Literally, it was like, how do you think about you know, What do you think about this cover? And I was like, it's perfect. Great. Perfect. I, I love it. And then we had, um, then I did a Back to the Future book, which was like, uh, Penguin was releasing it. I was really like feeling myself. I was like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. And the cover, and I can say this with love, 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 because they have so much money and fame, and who cares what I have to say? The cover, I despised oh, the cover. Oh, it was a terrible cover. This um, was the cover. <laughs> yeah. The future book, I despised it. And here's the thing. And oh. I can say... The, so my agent and I kept saying like, okay, we have to give notes. We have to give notes. We have to give notes. And we gave notes and like, we would give so many notes and they would like tweak, tweak. Uh, okay. Wait, wait, new plan. We're going to give like two notes. No. And then they like tweaked one thing and it turned out, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here and I might be, but it's okay. It turns out that the person like right, right before we went to print, the person who was the gatekeeper on the cover left and they hired a new person. And the new person was like, do you want to change this cover? And we were like, yes. Yes. And so here's the thing. They said, okay, but if we change the cover, whatever comes out, you have to go with. Like we don't have, you can't oh, make it. Nice. It's a one, it's a one and done. That's it. And I said, you know what? Fine. And this was the new cover. Hell yeah. Hell cover yeah. Was yes. The, this was the first draft of the revised cover. This is the only thing I ever saw. So, so for those who are just listening to the audio, the first cover looked like an early 80s uh, yeah. computer uh, video game. Badly. It was all the green Badly. lines. And, right? Like a, and this one looks closer 
to the promotional material that we use with the movies for yeah. Back to the Future. And then the, um, I know, Chris, I know you're wrapping up, but the quick addendum was that then it was there were international ones, and I had no say whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I had no say oh, whatsoever. Geez. They just released them. But you know, but it was great. This one I love. This one I think is so cool. But I had no say whatsoever. It was just, this is it. This is what they're doing. You know what? And and everyone listening, that's a happy problem. That's where you want to get to. You want to get to the Cassine Gaines level where they're coming out in so many countries that you just get the copy and there you go. The Beirut edition is really great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about public appearances, right? (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, Black Nerd Problems has, has gone to public appearances. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony, you have organized some great. And a matter of fact, there's another one coming up that uh, you're uh, you're promoting now. There's another right. uh, poetry kind of uh, um, uh, show, I guess you would say, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, Alex, that works. Simmons, Alex Simmons is a veteran of international appearances. This is a guy who has been on both coasts, has been to many European countries and Russia. That's right. The and Soviet Africa. Union, Russia. What? And Africa. And Africa. That's right. And Africa. Yes. Yes. So all over the place. And Gaines is one of the, um, I'm always amazed at, at where he goes and, uh, it's one of the things that I work on because when I look at that and say, oh, I don't have material that can fit that, he's already booked. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the process. Um, how do you come up with the appearances you create or find the places you're going to go? You know, we're in COVID now. Uh, Public things aren't really happening as much. Uh, uh, Tony has solved that a little bit in that his next poetry thing is uh, a Facebook Live situation. Virtual, right? yeah. Virtual, you know, and we've done it. Yeah. We're doing that now, as a matter of fact. But uh, let's talk about going places. Let's let's think positive thoughts post-COVID. Um, <laughs> how do you choose the places? What's the criteria? And what what is the... We'll get into how you deal with the moment-to-moment with potential customers next but just deciding on where you're going to go what you're thinking there and how how do you find out places and how do you make those decisions i'm going to jump in just quickly and say that you know from a marketing standpoint you want to identify your audience as best you can you want to know where your audience is where are they hanging out uh what are the shows or events that they're going to be at how do you do that alex (laughs) i thought you wanted me to be quick about this okay so i mean (laughs) is, is, is literally identifying who are you writing for you know, what's the audience for the material that you're doing? And if you can identify that, if you really have what they call, you know, marketing avatars, you know who your ideal audience is, then you, you find out where they live. And you can go on social media, which we're not going to talk about now, but you can go on social media and identify events. You can look on events calendars and see, like, you know, if you're doing comics okay. or graphic novels, you see where the Comic-Cons are, where the graphic novel events are, where... Where are the book events that are also recognizing comics and graphic novels as part of it? Where are the library events that are going on? If you have a book that maybe is an adventure or science fiction or whatever, but it has a school angle or an educational angle or it's pro-reading or whatever, you can start approaching school districts and things along those lines. So this is one of the things that you look at is where where's my audience? 
and and how do I get to them? And you identify as much as you can. That's if you're, you know, in charge of or certainly supporting your promotional campaign. There are other people who will do that for you and have suggestions. But if you're if you're either supporting what they're doing or you're totally the one in charge, then you need to identify where does my audience hang and how do I get to them? All right. Um, Omar, of course, in uh, in the slam days, right, you were going where the, the poetry was, right? Uh, yeah. New York Poetry Cafe and places like that. But for Black Nerd's problems, you're kind of uh, um, creating new ground. Yeah, we're the nerds. Know? And, and, and some, <laughs> of the, some of the places you might go to is to cover it for content, but mm-hmm. also to promote Black Nerd's problems. How do you negotiate all those different decisions? Um, <laughs> uh, Your partner does. No. <laughs> Actually, you're not. You are not wrong. Like I, I, I have no problem admitting this. Like Will is the business genius. I just want to create. Like I, that is like so. It, it's good to have that partnership. But um, right. uh, like when pre Black Nerd problems, like I wouldn't just go to like New York. Like if there's like. Back in the day, like, all right, we're doing a slam for fifteen dollars. I need twenty, so if I, I'm going. I'm going to, I'll, be there to, I'll be there to. I'll be there to perform, do what I do, and leave. And then that's how, like, not like, oh, the myth of Omar, whatever. Like, that's how. Oh, he's. Oh, damn. Like, it gets reported. Oh man, he's here for that. With Black Nerd problems, uh, I got lucky in a in a long sense because um, it a lot. It's funny how much writing can affect one thing. I used to write for a show. Um, I wrote recaps for a TV show. Uh, called Banshee. And if you do recaps, usually they're just people like, people already telling you what happened, but I guess if you missed it, like that's why you're reading the, the recap. But what I would do, I would talk like, I'm, I talk like I'm out, I talk like we're talking right now. All right, so then dude pulled out a gun. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. That shit was about 15 feet long, like as if the character was saying that in an exaggerated sense for all these characters. And so I got, um, I became like, our recap became known for that specific voice. So much so that the cast of Banshee was even reading them too. And then the audience would uh, see them from that as well. And they, it became something for them to look forward to as well. The director then went to Discovery Channel to do a movie, uh, The Unabomber. Uh, I, and then they, I was contacted by Discovery Channel saying, yo, you wrote, uh, you wrote recaps for them on Banshee. Can you cover it for this as well? Okay, I don't care. Uh, yeah, whatever. And it did the same exact thing uh, with that which led to me uh, getting a Shark Week connection from them. And then which led to down the line, oh, uh, you want to come shark diving? Yo, you want to come out here to shark? But all that, all that just stems from uh, a, just writing about the show that I liked that was like, that was two years earlier to having a good relationship with Shark Week where I do their promotion and stuff like that. Where it's like, yo, come on a shark dive with us. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't swim that well. I don't like sharks. <laughs> but, I would take one for the team and then you go do it. So that was like, I guess an example of like one thing, one thing that I had this unexpected result, but like if people reach out for like a, um, uh, for like a panel or something, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Or you submit a panel for these cons like BlurCon, which, okay. uh, which served us a lot better. Uh, BlurCon is a convention that happens in the DC area. So think of it as a more, uh, a tamer version of Comic-Con okay. where it's so wild and there's so many people okay. walking around. Lorikon was about, all right, here's something for these black nerds, you know, uh, other POC and white people, you're allowed there too. Uh, <laughs> you can go, you know what I'm saying? But like something for that, it's a little, it's a little more subtle. Still a lot of people, but like there's breathing space and like, yo, this is getting bigger and bigger. So let's do a, let's apply for a panel there. 
you know, so let's start there while they're, you know, they're, they're, they're still, it's like four or five years are going now, but they're still building their ground floor. That's, right. I think, what you want to go for to get, uh, to bring Be on the ground floor and like, let start, it build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that you enjoy going to. It's not far either, so. so I, have a, I have a follow-up question with you, but first I want to share sure. a little nightmare that uh, <laughs> Black Nerd Problems were, um, as they were building, uh, Alex and I would, uh, you know, we do some stuff. So Alex oh, says, you know, we're going to do this thing at Bronx Community College. Okay. And I said, well, we should bring Black, you know, find out if Black Nerd Problems will yeah, come. Yeah. So we, I asked, and he said, sure. And they brought like four or five people, which was more than the audience, <laughs> you know? So, swear to God, credit to uh, Will, I think, was there. Not but joining. to Black Nerd Jordan. Problems, they went into the cafeteria next door yeah. and brought an audience out. It That's was right. fantastic. Right. So, that, you know, sometimes you have to do that and go to that next step. Yeah. All right, now I want to follow up on... Um, uh, uh, something you were talking about as, as you know, writing uh, the Banshee recaps and all that sort of stuff. So let me ask you a question. It's kind of a chicken and the egg question, right? Yeah. Which came first, your your natural voice reacting to something you liked or, yeah, I want to, you know, the business decision. I want to do that because it might have an impact. Which came um, first? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, well, let me, let me do a quick addendum first for that. Uh, that was Jordan, and he... We got that crowd because he beat a kid in Street Fighter and he said, you're trash. For this answer, um, it's, always, it's always what I like because I'm not, I'm not, I was, a, I, used to, I used to sell shoes at uh, Macy's, women's shoe sales. I, up, you know, that, I was a horrible shoe salesman because I'm like, I'm not going to try to convince you to buy it. I'm like, do you like it? All right. If you don't like it, you have to live with this, not me. So when Robin, <laughs> yeah, like, what is wrong with you? What are you bringing ethics into something like yeah, this? I know, right? It's the uh, Al Bundy school of shoe salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> it's always what I, uh, my wife, uh, would, she, <laughs> I'm a victim of this. I'll like something, so I'll, I'll, I'll write, like, I'll write all on it. Um, like Cars Three, I love Cars Three. That is that I love that series. I love that movie. Uh, not a lot of people apparently feel the same way, but I wrote, my <laughs> I wrote my heart out in it on a review. I thought it was the best review I've ever done. I'm like, maybe three shares on Facebook. She's like, you keep doing this. This is for you. Like, you're writing this for you. But I do that approach for other, unless I'm asked, like, hey, we need someone to cover this. But if it's something that I like and enjoy, I will write it because it's going to be a genuine voice. It's not like I'm forcing you or trying to trick you uh, in this for a business element. Like, we're going to do this and we're going to do it honestly. If it's bad, I'll let you know so, that, too, honestly. That, so it eventually became part of the business uh, plan, that you know, hey, the honesty is going to be what, what, what you're really selling. You're asking, and that got you into the water with sharks. So, yeah. hey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was right. like a labor of love, too, because uh, a recap, that that doesn't take, that's not like something you can just, like, write. Like, a, a recap, the way that was done, it's not just like, oh, uh, oh I'm just going to riff improv. No, you're rewatching scene for scene. So, let's yeah, see, the right. show's an hour. I'm rewatching about, I'm rewatching scene for scene for about two to three hours and writing as I go. And became, it right, became right. like a science as well for that. But, yeah, like. That was a labor of love, and just two years later, it produced something else as well. Yeah. And that came from something honest too. So, like we, yeah. let's, that's the formula now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, now, uh, Tony, you are kind of taking a page from the uh, the old Rutgers days in when you create other uh, poetry moments or shows. Um, sometimes it's um, 
to speak out about uh, uh, social ills. Sometimes it's just about the art. Let's talk about how you create your own event. Yeah. You have um, done that a lot. So, so yeah, I mean, just like you're saying, it, it was what we did in college with open mics. Um, and I think that the open mic is one of the most important institutions um, that, that we have, uh, you know, o- over time. I think it's, it's incredibly important. Um, and so I'm, I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity to be able to do that. When, uh, when Kassin and I were on the, uh, the Hackensack Cultural Arts Board, um, short-lived, um, we, one of the things that, that, we, that we talked about and had such hope for was this, uh, all of these community-centered and community-produced programs, which was not the avenue that they wanted to go in. Um, however, you know, right Right over in Teaneck, the the cultural forum is really open to that, and they do that a lot. So I've been I've been working with them, and that's I, I do a lot of their poetry programming. Um, with with myself, I don't do as many. Uh, it's funny because when I when I do promote, it's because of that. When I when I'm when I'm promoting a little bit, you know, it's because um, there's an event that they want to do, and I'm helping them with it. So I'll try to get the word out for that. Um, for for my own for my own things, the, most of the events that I've been doing have been around education, and as a as a teacher, um, off of, uh, you know, I mean, it it, it goes back to a, a commercial where it fo- it featured me as a teacher and what I did in the classroom, and then I said, can I talk to the Microsoft education people because I see that you're doing a lot of stuff, and then from there they said, okay, we have this event, come on out, do a poem. And then, you know, so then I've been working with them and then through them, I'm, you know, I, I met other people and got into other organizations and said um, this. So that was how I, I started getting around in terms of uh, live uh, performances or, you know, or the, the speaking circuit there. And so that um, that's what it has. That's what it has been since. If it's poetry, then I know what it's going to look like. If it's I, go ahead. I would just point out respectfully that one of the reasons it's kind of an answered chicken and the egg. One of the reasons why the computer company came to you and, 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 and Microsoft and all that was because you had already put your art into the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, you use poetry and rhymes and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And that's part of who you are as a teacher. Yeah. And that's what the, that's, that's the light that they saw and recognized. And it, you know, so you were already, being the artist in residence in your classroom and then Microsoft kind of tapped into that a little bit and they should tap more is all I'm saying. They should tap that. <laughs> tap that <laughs> seven um, twice. There you go. Um, I'd like to speak to Cassine. Um, you're like the brave new world guy for me, uh, not in the book sense, but in the, you will, you will try any event and see how it works. It seems it always fascinates me uh, how you conduct yourself in that way. And if you can talk about that, because I think there's a lot of people who listen to this particular show that don't know that, don't know where. And and you finding the the where is fascinating. Then we're going to go with Alex, because Alex is the expert about when you're at the event. I've seen. I, I just have learned so much from watching him. You've seen him in action yeah. too, right? All right. So let's talk about you first, and then we'll go to Alex. 
So, um, yeah, I at the event, I do a poor man's Alex. I think I'm doing what Alex is doing, but then I think <laughs> Alex is doing it, and Alex... So, um, so it, you know, again, I... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I want you to first talk about some of the discovery and the how you get yourself to say, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try that place. I'm going to try this place. I mean, you had a crazy time where you would go so far to places and sell one book, but you would try it. Yeah. You know, that kind of spirit is inspiring. Well, I have to say so now and when I say now, I'm saying, you know, this is like 10 years of me writing professionally at this point. So I have, I would say by now I have a pretty keen sense. It's not, it's not foolproof, but a pretty good sense of where I should do well um, in terms of um, selling. But the reality is, you know, for me, sometimes I'm going for a different purpose. Sometimes I'm going because I've been asked to go on a panel and I'm talking about writing and I would love to talk about writing instead of talking about the things that I'm writing about all of the time. And so sometimes like that's worth it to me. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes um, it's worth it to me to go to Boston and make a little weekend out of it and like whatever I sell, I sell, but like I'm going to Boston for the weekend or whatever the case may be. Um, a lot of places where I go, I mean, it probably looks very different on Instagram, but I mean, a lot of places where I go, there are places I could drive to, or maybe I've been able to arrange transportation, or like mm-hmm. someone has a, a couch I can sleep on, you know what I mean? Um, so all of that is really nice, but for for me, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give is if there's a place that it seems like you should be there, um, if it seems like they're your kind of people, even like barely... Just ask and see if you can go. Um, because mm-hmm. frankly, like you can't go anywhere where someone doesn't invite you. And if you can sort of make the sell enough for yourself that you should be there and have someone say, Yeah, I'll give you a table. Yeah, I'll, you know, then that works. Um $15. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you say that. And I and I say this because again, this is not immediate, but my, I reached a point probably with the Back to the Future book, which is already five or six years into me doing this, where I said, like, one thing that I won't do is pay for tables, which is like a big, which is like a big thing. That was like a life decision. You know what I mean? I am um, not there yet, folks. But no, but I, but, I say, <laughs> but, but I say that, I say that to say, um, you know, and I make the point of saying that was three books in, that was several years in, well, that wasn't like a day one thing. You know, but it was important for me to sort of feel like I was at a point where, like, we're all going on this together. Like, I'm going to go and I have, like, X number of followers on social media and I'm going to promote this to the high heavens. And so, like, it's worth the $35 for you to give me the free table. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think. And so that's the argument that I make. But, um, but so this is to 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 kind of hand this over to Alex. When I'm there, I try really hard. It's hard to be like charming and charismatic for a long time. Ooh. And it's hard. If you're not Alex Simmons. And if it's you're hard. Not Alex Simmons. <laughs> and let me tell you, <laughs> it's hard to be charming and charismatic when you've been there for eight hours and you've flown from work to drive to some out-of-state place to sit at a table and it's now nine o'clock at night and you've sold one book and someone's <laughs> looking interested and you're trying to just not look too thirsty like it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do that and alex 
Alex is what? so great at, at cons. I love to go to watch him. So Yes. Before we get to the before we get to Alex's success, let me tell you a great failure. Um, <laughs> I drove out I this, to man. Pittsburgh to go to the my very first pulp fest. I've done better at Pulp Fest since then, but the very first one, I, and it took forever, and it was in Where's Noah's Ark Rain for most of it, with tractor trailers blowing past me and my little Jetta, you know, at like 90 miles an hour. It was, I got there, I'm frazzled, I'm frazzled. Let me just get my stuff in. I put my blinkers on, I put all my stuff in. Oh, they're about to close. Let me go set up my table. Long story short, two days later, security comes to me and say, you know, with one of the organizers of Pulp Fest, says, that's him, that's Chris Ryan. He says, you're Chris Ryan? He says, yeah. He says, well, listen, we're about to tow your car. It's been illegally parked. <laughs> so, yeah, don't do that. All right, now. For some stuff that you should do, here's Alex Simmons. How do you work a table, Alex Simmons? Yeah, you know, First, it's, it's funny. I think, I think I think that part of it is mindset, and and part of it is theatrics, and part of it is heart. Um, first off, you know, when I went to San Diego in 1996 with Blackjack, I didn't even have the book. I had photostats, color photostats of the pages of the first Blackjack book. And I went there to make sure people knew about it. I had a table and I had this huge portfolio opened up. You could turn the pages and I talked to anybody who listened. I didn't care. I mean, one, I wasn't going to sell the portfolio, so we weren't, we weren't worried about sales. <laughs> but I needed them to know about it. I needed them to know about the quality of it. I needed them to see the power of the artwork. I needed them to understand that, yes, as I stood there as this, this man of color, that, yes, he was a character of color, and no, it wasn't just for black people. Uh -huh. okay? Anybody could read this and enjoy it because, hell, the reverse had been the case most of my life. Yeah. You know? So it wasn't a problem here as far as I was concerned. And I was also meeting distributors, and I was meeting a printing company. That's where I met the representative of Quibacore, who eventually printed the books. I needed to represent the heart and soul of that work and the value of that work that I believed in. And that meant I needed to believe in it. The other thing was, I'm not going there to party, which many of my peers didn't seem to understand that rule. So if you plan to go to an event where you're gonna be talking to lots of people, in this case, hundreds of people, you don't, you don't get up, you know, go to the event, leave, go party until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and show up the next day at 8, 30, 9 o'clock and expect to have that energy. Why are you there? You're there to present your work, to get people to fall in love with your work, to get people to buy your work, you know, to get people to respect your work. So, A, enjoy it, which I did. I also happen to like people. I don't trust them, but I like them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so let's... That's a reality. Let's talk about Alex. Okay. Let's talk about the the legend, the the experience that Cassina and I have had watching you work a table. What do you do? What don't you do? Because many people are gonna, you know, in their first or second experiences of a con, they're gonna be a little lost in that moment to moment, well, hour to hour. How do you what, know what? how to engage? 
what works for you? Once what again, advice can you well, give people? Some people may need to do rehearsals. I think that's absolutely fine. Um, but either way, you start with knowing what is the material I'm going to have. I suggest very strongly, if you have more than one book or more than one property, several days before you're going to go there, lay it out on a surface, look at the best presentation possible that you can make. What, what doesn't clash next to the other? If you can take some of your books, just like one example of them, put in an upright position, it catches more attention. If you have posters or banners, how do I place them? Where do I place them? Because the whole thing is, A, you've got to attract people to your table. They've got to find you. And the bigger the event you're at, the more likely it is you're going to be a series of colors and splotches amidst a bunch of other colors and splotches. So how do I attract people? Where am I positioned? How do I attract them? Secondly, it does not work for you to sit there like somebody, you know, poisoned you or like, <laughs> uh, or like you don't want to talk to anybody. Don't approach me because I will spit mm -hmm. in your eye mm -hmm. because I've seen people do that. Right. I've seen people sit there like. And when somebody <laughs> does approach your table, hey, how are you? I, don't immediately launch into your sales pitch. Say hello. How are you? I've had people say to me, oh, look, I'm not looking to buy. I said, that's fine. That's cool. You're having a good time. You know, talk to them, engage with them, treat them like human beings. And I will not, I do not do this as a gimmick. Part of the mindset is I do not want to be crushed if you walk away from my table not having bought something because there's going to be another hundred people coming. I don't want to sit there going, oh man, this is a bummer. No. Okay, cool. You don't want to buy it. That's fine. Let's talk. And sometimes what happens is people say to me, well, tell me something about your book. Oh, okay, fine. And then I launch into it. Another thing is have a presentation, rehearse it, know how to present sure. what you're about in a mm -hmm. short, clear speech, if you want to call it, presentation, if you want to call it. Don't go into the history of the creation of it. It's about this. It has this, this, and this, and I've worked on it for that much, blah, blah. Don't say the price. Mm. Just present the quality of it, the goodness of it. Okay, this is great. All right. Well, uh, how much you want for it? Oh, well, it's only, you know, boom. Do not, do not go for their wallet the second they step near your table, right? right. And like Ooh. again, presentation, grab people's attention, welcome them to your table. Even if they're standing a few feet away, I like to say to them, you know, it's okay if you, if you can touch them. You can leave fingerprints and everything. That's all right. Have some sort of ice-breaking remark that says, hey, you're welcome here. It's cool. You're not going to get pressured. I want to add I one to thing the, to uh, Alex's. Oh, sorry. I want to add right. one thing to Alex's thing, and this is a a piece of advice that I gave Tony back when we were at the Collinswood Festival. Ah. It's my most important like philosophy when I'm at a table, which is you have to be present. Be present. You yeah. can't you can't talk to people if you are a participant at the convention. If you are walking around shopping, if you are uh, looking at other people's tables, yeah, if yeah, you are yeah. on your phone, etc., like you know, you don't have to be uh going for people's wallets as Alex put it, but um you do have to be present. You know, you have to show yeah. people that that's what you're there for. Exactly. And and I I'll have I'll admit that you and I and Dina exploited Tony a little bit <laughs> in that we would just tell him, hey, if you stop for a minute, he's going to do a rhyme for you. He's going to do a rhyme <laughs> for you right now. And we would put Tony on the spot. Oh, but that no, was an exploitation because if I recall, oh. if I recall, Tony did quite well, actually. So <laughs> Tony, Tony did really, really well. We helped Tony exploit himself. So right. I, I, I got to throw Fair. out another one. 
when you but got now a at conventions, Jackson. I do Tony's rhymes. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to say, if you've got a Tony Jackson at your table, that's beautiful. If you've got a Cassine who's, who's got this cherubic smile, and he looks like, I'm a really nice guy, and you should buy for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's certain things about him. You know, I, I've never seen Omar in action, but I can tell he's he's all animated. So, you know, so it's some energy kind of It's in the Hackensack water. Yeah. Here's the other thing. If that's not who you are, then get somebody at your table who is. That's it. You got to get just... somebody there who's personable, who wants to be there, who makes people feel good about it. And you can be there as, oh, and this is the artist, right? And then, boom, that's an introduction if you want to open your mouth. But you cannot stand there and looking like you really like to knock out the next person comes anywhere near your table. I hate to keep interjecting, but I have to say the person who resolves all of my black nerd problems is my wife when we go to these conventions because <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there are people – the first time – she doesn't come, go with me to a lot of these things, but the first time we noticed it, um, she – you know, people would walk by and they'd sort of look – and she was sort of like off to the side, like trying to not be in the way. And they'd walk by and they'd sort of like come back, like she'd sort of draw them back in. And they would just talk to her for whatever reason. <laughs> they would like literally, I'd be sitting there and like I would, the first couple of times I would kind of go like, yeah. And if you look at, and they were just, ah. Oh, and like, you know, she, so, you know, she has closed more deals for me mm -hmm. than, than anything, you know, and that's just what that is, you know. <laughs> I, I got to give you one other one. Jerry Kraft, who, who, God bless him, is receiving the acclaim, respect, and attention that he has deserved for years, has worked hard for for years. He is the writer, illustrator of the most successful graphic novel uh, book for young people that's been out in a long time called The New Kid. It's just received several major awards, including the Newberry. I believe that's the first time the graphic novel has ever received that. So, I mean, Jerry, is, he's got the Coretta Scott King Award, I think he just got. There's all this wonderful thing. Jerry, I watched for years sell all of his other, you know, beautifully written and, and illustrated books, like Mama's Boys and all that, at a table, everything from the major conventions to the Harlem Book Fair. He had his two sons at his table. Right. And, and one of his sons, the younger one, just bubbly and, and personable and everything. And he was he was talking to people like crazy. He could get people to check out the work. The other one was like serious business, both in T-shirts, right? Both young guys, the serious business. Oh, yeah, give me a credit card. <laughs> and just to say, just for that added hook, because, I mean, it was certainly cool to watch his kids do this. But that added hook, he had the lovely mama sitting there, right? So a pretty face or the kids was enough to stop folks. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's one of the things. Again, you have to make people feel curious or welcome. One of the two. And if then if they come over, then again, have your presentation ready. Don't make it a long soliloquy. You know, keep it short. And if they want to know more, they will ask. Then have a conversation with them. And as I said, you, you all, thank you very much for the compliments. But part of it is I enjoy what I do. And I want people to feel that joy, that, that connection. And if they don't buy anything, I don't want them walking away saying, yeah, I knew that guy was that. No, no, I want them going, damn, you know, I should probably go back and check. And that's partly what happens sometimes. People will come back around and I'll go, you know what? I, I checked that. Let me see that book again. Boom. Mm -hmm. and I said, it's great to see you. It's not like a trick. It's more genuine. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you having um, someone very attractive.
at the table helps. I did a reading one time and I had no one to cover the table and the goddess was kind enough to sit there and there's, she's got such pure innocence and, and, and love coming, just beaming out of her that no one could say no. So <laughs> she was my best sales day ever. But, you were you know, the first one that, that couldn't. <laughs> But now she wants like a high percentage, so I can't afford her. <laughs> oh, you got that problem too? You got that problem too? Yeah, bro. No, yeah. And I've seen pictures of your your wife. You're gonna you have to pay she's a, a lot of money. Too. She's, she's a salesperson too. She's a salesperson. Sales, so. So, um, if before we go to social media, I'm interested in taking one more chance. Um, Omar, black nerd problems went to the New York City Comic Con. Oh, yeah. You got stories for us? Oh, Because uh, <laughs> I know you were partially fans, but you were partially promoting black nerd problems. So how did yeah. you negotiate that? Um, I mean, we've always gone there, like, participating, whatever, or we'll do, like, hey, let's give lanyards or whatever. You follow us on this Instagram. Uh, do a meetup or something. Uh, the last, last year... Um, I mean, did you walk through crowds just given the lanyards, or was it? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I was like, oh, here. If they stopped. They uh, around people's throats. It was really interesting. <laughs> was, funny enough, I was getting them lanyards, and because my wife was doing a, uh, she runs a cosplay a cosplay party in Brooklyn, so I was getting them lanyards and flyers for her, <laughs> for, for her event, as well, her and her uh, friend Glenn. But we did, a, we did do a panel at, um, we did do a panel for Watchmen uh, at, the, at the last one. Um, and it's funny because for, okay, we have to like promote that as well, uh, promote like the panel that you're going to be on. And they also had a space and they're like, Oh, you can do, um, you can give your own panel here. Just give us the, just give us the, um, what you want to do, like the outline or whatever. So that was like a first, Oh no, that was the first one where it was just all of us. We had Nicole Homer was on one for a different panel. Uh, it was, it was women, uh, a women's panel. She was on talking about media. And so it was funny because, and I told you before in the last episode, I'm lazy because uh, if it's <laughs> like, I am, I'm very, and it's like, it, it's, there's this animated character that's just like, oh God, what a bother. But like, he'll do it anyway, Shikamaru. And so it, they asked, okay, you have the space to do that. And I was like, I could just not tell Will about this, but I'm going, <laughs> but I'm me. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell him every single thing and every detail or whatever. And he was like, all right, we should definitely do that. And he knows, like, all right, I know this is a lot for you because you're doing this and you got a contract obligation with this as well and doing the promo. So we should do this. And it was kind of like we a good thing about having uh, the people on Black Nerd Problems, I can pull which ones where I'm like, all right, we're gonna, we might be doing this on the fly. We got a bit of an outline. Nicole, Jordan, uh, let's go. Let's mm. go. Let's go. The three of us can handle like we got to do it. And I hate I hate not having like we're going to do this. We're going to cover this. We're going to cover this. But when you kind of like have to improvise on mm-hmm. it and make it look like the like, and the audience will never be the wiser about it. Like we we can do that as well. I don't like to do that, but we can do that as well, and it can be like fun as well. So we we did that for the um for the for our panel. Uh, it was held in that Watchmen space, and it went it went perfectly fine. But what you don't see is me like stressing about that as well. But that was an opportunity, right? And so okay. like we gotta take that, which is why I told Will. And I'm like, uh, it's an opportunity to present itself. And I know he's going to say yes. And I know I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to have to do it. So, all right, I'll tell you about it. Boom, boom. All right. And that's also about being a good, if you're in a business with someone, I'm, t- I'm going to tell you every single thing uh, in, in, uh, in detail as well. Yeah. That means so, you can trust you. You can trust you. You know, you can talk out the problems, but definitely you can be trusted. Yeah. 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 
All right, let's go to the last of our sections here about getting it out there. And this is, uh, I'm not sure how big this one will be, but (laughs) we got to talk because, you know, we can we can go everywhere, but we're going to talk about social media. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I would imagine the most helpful we can be is what works, what doesn't work, um, do's and don'ts, stuff like that. Um, let's let's talk about the various platforms that are out there. Mm-hmm. What ones uh, do you feel most comfortable at? You know, I also want to somewhere along. I don't want to start with this, but I do want to get to what happens when social media goes wrong, you know, because there's a lot out there, mm. you know, trolls and all that. Oh, they, yeah. People would probably okay. need advice for that, you know? Okay. So let's say so that. Let's start, that. <laughs> let's start positive. Oh, you want to start there? And then well, we'll go to the positives? Have the good end of it, you know? But I mean, the, all right. So let's right. talk about, let's okay. start with trolls then and that kind of stuff and when, when social media goes wrong. Who okay. wants to jump in? I can start this off if you want. Oh, or if, nobody wants to, but okay. I'll, I'll, I can start it off. I can do a good, uh, so for, in building up, like you started at ground zero, right? We're building up Black Nerd Palms. We were on Twitter a lot. So it's, you can like, you know, uh, instead of just redoing, posting our, um, our articles and whatnot, I started doing like little, like little memes or whatever. And so from the memes, I would take like, uh, what I did was I either searched or when I got to Disney, I went through every episode of X-Men and I took every screenshot of Storm that I could. Storm, Bishop, all like the black and POC characters and Cyclops because I love Cyclops. And I started like making like little interactions of them talking to each other from the picture or the screenshot. Um, I did one with Spider-Man with Miles Morales. Uh, we did uh, Spider-Man and Miles Morales talking to each other and Spider-Man's, uh, Miles Morales telling the Spider-Man uh, to Peter Parker, it was like, oh, Peter's like, all right, Spider-Man 101, uh, your spider sense will warn you of danger. Miles Morales says to Peter, is it always, why is it always on, though? It was like constantly on. It's like really ringing. And, <laughs> and Peter says to him, no, it shouldn't always be. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, <laughs> there was an artist that was like, oh, I saw this meme. And he made a whole comic of it, an actual drawn-out comic of between uh, Peter and Miles talking this whole thing out. And, but he says, like, oh, because you're black, which I never send a meme. Also didn't credit us for it as well. He had to, oh, had to, I mean, but not, oh, what? But like, not to his fault, because maybe where he saw it, maybe Black Nerd Problems was cropped out of that. And, right, we, right, always, right, right. Have, and we, we contacted him and he put that, you know, by Black Nerd Problems. But that is a big, I have, I have a whole like essay I want to do about this. Like that meme, like culture where you don't see where it came from. You block out. Like, it's kind of like not crediting the source. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that is what a lot, uh, you don't stamp something or like watermark it all across where it can't be cut out. It's a big thing that will come back to bite you. It happened with the video we did as well, where it was, uh, there's this movie called Sorry to Bother You, and these guys get into like a, like almost like a compliment band. Like, you got something you want to say to me? Yeah, I got something I want to say to you. <laughs> you smell good. What is that? Soap? What is that? Uh, is that cologne? No, nah, no, nah, it's soap. Oh, I smell you. We some good smelling brother. Like, they're going at it. We put two anime characters that were very nice and very polite over their heads as if they're talking to each other. It went kind of viral on Twitter didn't have our watermark on it, which was my fault then. And then we put our watermark on it, but it's not, you know, it was not the same. So it's, that's a lesson in like, in branding and like the internet's a great place, but it's bad for these reasons. Cause if, if that person is not kind enough to like, uh, to credit where they got it from, you know, you have to like cover your bases as well. So it's like two different examples of like having covered your base, but someone else cropped it out or whatever. And one was like, damn, we should have, we should have, uh, mm-hmm. 
watermarked it. Watermarked. I seen, I'm seeing that a lot more these days. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Let's talk about some trolls, man. I put out uh, first time I uh, put out anything on social media for um, a simple rebellion. Uh, <laughs> two kids who played lacrosse in Indiana. That's the I don't know why, but the Winklevoss well, twins. <laughs> they were they were in different parts of Indiana, but but one said uh, faggot, and the other one said die faggot. <laughs> it, I they didn't understand how they got so offended by the book cover and you know whatever I wrote, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I you know and I and I deleted those immediately. And in in retrospect, I think I I think I could have done something creative with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you you know what do you do with trolls? How do you handle them? When they when they when they came for me, I um. Of the first, How about like, that? Not the kids, first. But when they came. Oh yeah, no, when, when <laughs> the, the the first the first day the first couple of days, I was just because okay, so it should be established that the the platforms, the social media platforms, are very different, yeah. and and the way that people interact on them is is very different, and the things that you post on them sh- uh, should be probably adjusted accordingly if you're trying to achieve certain goals, right? And so if you're on Facebook, that's that's a much more personal platform where the people that you're uh, that you're connected to largely are going to be closer to you. Right. Because they're friends or friends of friends or a lot of people that you actually know. And then it starts to get out. So I remember seeing a lot of stuff from there. And that's where it came like, oh, my gosh, I just saw Tony on TV. Yo, this is the coolest. Hey, check out my friend, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then I would skate over to Twitter and Twitter is, you know, it's like just everybody, right? It's vast. And so Twitter is where people like to really have a good time. And, you know, I don't even know if it's social media gone wrong or if it's just social media gone social media, because, you know, that's, that's a part of it. People are expressing things and, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get a rise and they're, they're attacking, attacking things and attacking ideas and attacking people. And so, you know, people said everything from, uh, you know, this, uh, this guy makes me want, somebody said, this guy makes me want to cut myself. Um, oh my gosh. You know, I, 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 I would never want my children around this person. You know, there were like hardcore racist things. There were, you know, like pedophilia jokes, like every, everything you can imagine. And for a few days I was just like, this is really something. And I considered, mm. you know, how do I go back at these people? And what I found was the most effective for me was to um, engage them in the most uh, 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 engage them like really, really just truthfully. And I would be like, hey, you know, like, well, this this if they were attacking the uh, what I said, then I would say, hey, you know, it's actually from this song. And this is a song I made for my students. Mm-hmm. And so here's here's a link to it. And mm-hmm. uh, and one thing that happened was people were shocked and people were like, oh, oh. I. I thought you were an actor. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that this was a real thing. Yep. Um, f- forgive me. Can I support your classroom? Can yep. I send money to your kids? Um, and there, that happened a lot more than you might think. You know, the, the worst the worst trolls of all, you know, sometimes I would just engage them and say, look, I, I, I totally get that you don't like it. It really works for my kids in my classroom. And they would not respond to me often. I should say way more often than not, they would respond to me by saying like, Oh, okay. Okay. Do your thing. You know? And I think that people 
um, depending on what you're putting out there, people sometimes are jumping on to just wanting to uh, wanting to be provocative and wanting to be, uh, you know, scandalous and, and, and wanting to have something that's going to get a rise out of people. And, uh-huh. you know, I would address them as a human and that would that would like break down a lot of barriers right there. That's what I found. That was good. Now, now, Twitter responses or anything written, you know, typed written on social media is is very open to misinterpretation. Mm-hmm. True. Right. And they say, "Oh, you give me attitude. Are you doing it?" And how do you? How do you? What advice can you give to uh, people as to? How to minimize that? How to react? You know, how to react? How to avoid that in any way you can? What do you say? So, so uh, oh, oh let's go, uh, Tony, and then Tony, oh. and then Alex. Yeah, oh. I can do I can do that one quickly because it's, it's something I see a lot with uh, with education, right? There's a, there's a, a term coined called edu celebrity, and it has to do with like people in education who are um, trying to make a lot off of their name um, a, as an educator, and you know, um, put themselves out there. Uh, marketing wise and, and promotionally. And sometimes it's given, uh, you know, probably when, when somebody else is, is not necessarily intending to be that way. Right. Some people might, might think of me as it because I, I have a little bit of attention. Um, but because of that, I'm super, I'm super aware of, uh, the criticism and, um, you know, my thing is accept the criticism, like look at the criticism and try to find any truth in it, if there is truth in it, and ditch the cynicism. Because the cynicism okay. that it rides in on sometimes is what people are responding to. But if somebody, uh, especially now with everything that's going on, a lot of this stuff is, has to do with race. And I feel like a lot of people you know, may come at somebody from, uh, from an angle and you know, there, there may be a tone in it that um, somebody responds to as opposed to what they're actually saying. So I think you have to be able to say, look, okay, the cynicism is one thing, but there's this criticism here. Like I have to, I have to own a piece of the if there's truth in it. Okay, cool. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, I was just gonna say that you know, for me, it's a matter of two things. One is what what do I choose to take in? Um, I I think that you know we've got to be really conscious. I won't even say careful, but conscious of how much negativity we want to take into ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, how much exposure that we're going to have to that. A lot of it is a knee-jerk reaction. Somebody says something foul to this person, that person feels they have to respond, and then you, you're also feeding off of whatever the media is putting out about the negativities of that particular day. And before you know it, you're carrying this weight, and you're just, you're just ready to respond, period. And I think it's about, you know, where do, where, where's your center? I mean, that's the first thing. Yeah. Where is your center? What, who do you want to be? Who are you? What's your best possible posture as, as, a, as, a, as a human being? So that's one. Secondly, um, we're writers. Part of what we do is, is hopefully expressing ourselves clearly, you know, to the, choosing the right words, trying, trying to get whatever point, complimentary or otherwise, across as clearly as possible. Some of that eliminates... Some of that, some of it is choosing who, who you want to respond to. I personally don't feel compelled to react, to punch back. I, I don't. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel compelled to write everybody I think who is wrong or who comes at me as a negative. So I'll look at, like Tony was saying, I'll look at what are you actually saying here? What am I actually reading here? 
And then if I can respond to what I believe is the true core of that statement, I will. But if it feels like just a knee jerk, and now, okay, mm -hmm. I punch you, you punch me back, mm -hmm. nah, I haven't got the time. I haven't really got the time. Don't want to put my energy there. And I think that's, that's a sport of its own, and it's, it's taking away my time and my focus and my creativity from the positive things I want to be dealing with. All right. Cassine, what do you think? About trolls or about... Yeah, in general, anywhere um, in this I mean, conversation. I, I mean, in, Tony brought up something about the different social media platforms. And one thing that I still grapple with um, is that uh, Twitter and Instagram for, like, uh, I'll call it promotional purposes, like, they're just not my space. Uh -huh. um, and I'm not sort of a, you know, a, a short character, you know, <laughs> like, like, it's too, it's too limiting for me. <laughs> And also, Twitter moves too quickly for me. Like, I can't keep up with Twitter, mm. you know? Um, but what I find is interesting is I end up using Twitter, in my opinion, sort of more personally. Um, and for a long time, I was really resistant to that because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sell books, right? So, yeah. like, I don't want to... I don't want to be political. I don't want to be like, I just want to, <laughs> I want everyone to feel welcome. So yeah, I can yeah, sell yeah. my books. And, <laughs> um, and I, I have been amazed actually that I feel like the more I have asserted an identity, um, in those spaces that are for the public, um, it, the more people have responded and sort of like, bought in, not in a monetary sort of sense, but like bought into me and wanted to see like what I was doing and what I was interested in and that sort of thing, which has been really, really fascinating. Um, and I, I should have predicted that because I learned really early on with Facebook and having a public Facebook presence. Um, I think Alex was talking earlier about platform and it was one of the things where it's like, you have to have a platform. Well, I, I had no platform, really. And so I, very early on, as soon as I um, got a deal to do the first book, I made a public Facebook account, and I just posted fun pop culture stuff. I wasn't trying to sell books. I had nothing to sell, like, like Alex was saying before about Blackjack. I had nothing to sell, really. But I just sort of posted things mm -hmm. that I liked. Um, and, you know, as I've been able to write more and more things, they oftentimes are, if you like this, you might also like this, and you might also like this. And so mm -hmm. it, it sort of worked out for me, but I, I guess it's a long way of saying, um, I realized that Facebook is, is more my speed. Um, and uh, the, one, the one trolley story that I have really quickly is that I wrote a story for, um, oh boy, for uh, an outlet, uh, for about... Um, Twilight Zone episodes for the Trump era. It was it was shortly after he was elected, and um, the the responses I got mostly on Twitter, some on Facebook too. But the responses that I got, literally, someone saying like, "Whoever wrote this should die," like yeah. you know, and like the. But my favorite, my favorite was I got an overwhelming number of responses saying, "How could someone talk about politics and the Twilight Zone?" And I'm going. <laughs> I don't even understand what these people are like. <laughs> Literally, that is, the, you know, that not that the not that the Twilight Zone was politics of the day in that way, but it certainly was a show with a a message. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> some, some of those comments are so ridiculous that you can just sort of discount them outright. Um, 
And my, my sort of philosophy, last thing I'll say is I have a, a hard and fast rule where I probably, to my detriment, read too much of what people say in terms of reviews and just comments and things, but I never respond to online reviews of things. Never, yeah. ever, ever. Um, I just think it's a, I just think it's a bad, I, don't, I just think it's a slippery slope. And I know myself and I, okay. I don't want to go down that slope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, just, just to add on when you were saying that the uh, Christopher Golden and Brian Keene to a podcast called Defenders Dialogue, in which they talk about 70s, you know, bronze era Marvel comics, especially fringe ones that were a little odd, like the Defenders or, or um, the Champions, or now they're doing Man-Thing. And um, one of the comments that they continually get is that, I don't want politics and, and, and social commentary mixed with my comic books, yeah. which was bread and butter Marvel comics <laughs> yeah. in that age. You know, so they have a great running joke with that because they'll just they'll mention that then the issue they go into is entirely that. You know, if I can just add something on that. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if I can just add something on that, you know, someone said something to me somewhat recently that I really take to heart, which is. It, it, you can't say I am supportive of talking about politics or race or gender. I'm supportive of your cause, except in this capacity. Yeah, I'm supportive of your yep. cause, but yeah. I don't want it during my football game. Mm-hmm. Like, like you should have no bounds for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so try not to do some self-evaluating. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am I am tickled when I hear very much what Chris was saying. That people say that. I don't want this in, you know, in politics or race or anything in my such and such. And you look at the such and such, you're going, but that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. That's right. what it is. Like I don't want politics in in, in my animal house, uh, animal farm. I'm sorry, that's what that was. You know, that's, that's just what that was. Yeah. Because the same w- sometimes it's people, and that's that's just the reality of it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it, it just it codes it, it it codes what you know when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. You know, yeah. and yeah. and some of those things are all very obvious codes. Um, I wanted to say one more thing about this, and then I want to go to, or I want to ask uh, Omar one more thing about this, and then I want to go to do's and don'ts or advice for um, for using social media yeah. to advance your career. But and maybe but, we can uh, do those as a quicker round too. Those those much quicker. Part. Yeah, yeah, much quicker. Yeah. Omar, the, the last bit on this is that. Your company is social media. Yeah. <laughs> Black Nerd Problems is and exists as a part of social media. Yeah. So how does that work for you? Uh, I, mean, I, can say, I, can say, I can tell you how that works on two ways. There are still people uh, that I've known for years online, uh, part of Black Nerd Problems, that I haven't met in person yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's wild. A bunch of different states. The second way that that works, I guess, in regards to like trolls and if we're talking about in regards to like trolls and comments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, the second way that works is by uh, our uh, secret weapon, uh, an editor we have called Carrie McLean, uh, Clips for short. And Carrie, uh, she, I, she basically responsible for growing our our Instagram, and she will comb through every comment, and it's not like to get back at someone's like, no, block, 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 block. Yeah, you're being racist here, block, you're being homophobic here, block, you're being transphobic here, block, 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 and she, and I, it's funny, because like a, 
maybe a week ago. I it takes a lot to get me upset. So I'm like, if I'm whatever. I might do a joke back or something like that. It takes a lot to get me upset. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when it's someone upset, like of a of something that one of ours have written, or someone's like, oh, you guys are talking about uh, black and white voice actors, whatever. When there's real shit going on, I'm like we've been reporting on the real. So what are you talking about? And I brought that to Carrie. And Carrie's like, uh, Carrie's like, nah. You can just, you know, what I'm saying, you just it doesn't it doesn't even like. For, it's funny because like as if as if Carrie is like the the terror alert scale, right? <laughs> like that's not even the aquamarine. That doesn't even that's not even on the radar. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny and from hearing her of how she like handles things. Like some people just want to like, all right, you're saying that. Well, then you're really not on our. If you're saying that we haven't covered these things, then you're not really either. You don't pay attention or you're not really on our. Yeah, yeah, like that. you're not so, really listening anyway. Yeah. yeah. Or so. so and then when I block you from that, and your and your friend tells you, "Oh wait, there's an article on that on Black and Brown." Oh, let me go check it out. Oh wait, I'm blocked for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> and, now you know, and she she has no. She's like a sniper. Whether she has actually no, she's more like just letting off a Uzi with it, like no problem. And and most it's for egregious thing. You can have your smart like your smart ass comment, fine. But like for like egregious thing, like no 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 no. You're, where you're trying to like as Tony said, you're trying to get a rise out of something, mm-hmm. and and one as if someone's not going to respond back to you. It's Earlier on, it's like few and far between. Will made it a rule. You're never going to respond back through uh, black. We're never going to respond back through a comment or whatever. On your personal Facebook, however, if you so feel inclined, which we did, uh, which Jordan Calhoun was a big person that me, uh, me and Jordan or Jordan would be in there like through it. But like as we've like, you know, gotten older now, it's like, no, like you don't, if you don't like what we do, that's, that's perfectly fine. If you're just being like, about it. Uh, but you kind of segue to us the do's and don'ts. So one of the do's for at least for Gary is. Block uh, judiciously, but often. Yeah, uh, right? like you, you show yourself as a clan member, you're out. Exactly. Like right? the consequences of you can say. Here's the thing: it's America. I'm free to speak. You can say whatever you want. There are consequences to whatever you say and whatever that wants to yeah. be. And the, mm-hmm. and the consequence here is well, <laughs> you are no longer going to see well, this. Well, the, the other like, the other reality of that is you can say whatever you want. I don't have to listen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am not obligated to listen. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you- I had to, I had to learn the hard way about blocking. I had to block blood. I had to block my own family, a couple of members of my own family. Oh yeah, I mean they would just yeah. got to. And so how funny that like it's something like that occurring now, where it's like, oh man, damn, like you of all people, like I'm saying, like like yeah. like and yeah. to see that uh, and that it's it's. It's just a funny thing, like now, where it's like, it's like shit. It's like, I, I hate to do it, if I, but I am who I say yeah, I am. So just, now yeah. we're not gonna tolerate that. Like yeah. you know who I am. So no, I'm sorry. Even if you're blood, nah, fam, no. Yeah. I'll see you at Thanksgiving. You can give it's me a like, hard time. That. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so let's yeah, talk about okay. do's and don'ts. Yes. Not well, me or you? You gonna go? Anybody? For it. Do's Anybody. And well, I'll give you one do. You know, uh, you were talking about uh, Cassine, uh Twitter. Doesn't feel like the right place for you. Uh, Twitter felt to me like a crowded room where everybody was screaming. Yes. Yeah. So then I started, I decided <laughs> to curate it, right? I'm not going to, I have not been successful selling books uh, on Twitter, but I curated a community of writers and publishers. And I've learned a ton from that. And then Twitter became useful to me again, you know? So you got to figure out for each social media, why are you there and to whom do you want to speak? Exactly. You know, and I think that would be a do for you. All yeah. right, go ahead, it, others. You know, 
we, we talk about the different platforms, and, and one of the things that's happening, and I've actually seen it on air, uh, online, but also on air, a lot of commentary about where are, the, where are the kids hanging out, quote unquote, and what's old folks' territory. So now it's officially been declared that Facebook is for old folks. Instagram <laughs> is actually for entrepreneurs, although the kids are saying, oh, it's for old folks. No, it's for entrepreneurs. There's a lot of young business types are promoting on Instagram, right? TikTok seems to be the new TikTok, drug yes. of choice for young people, for younger people. And okay, that's fine. I'm not chasing young people, so that's not a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is, I think, yeah, you do need to look at the platforms that are out there and determine where's my audience. This goes back to what we were saying earlier. Where does my audience hang out? And then how does this platform work? Because the reality for most people, I won't speak for the, everybody here, but I will speak in general. Most of us are artists who have to learn to be marketers, yep. Yep. right? Yeah. It, that's it. And like anything else that we've talked about in this series, there are specific skill sets for certain jobs. If you're going to be a marketer, if you have to market your property, promote it, like, then you need to understand where do I do that? How do I do that? What's the best technique, not only for me that I can handle, but how, how do I handle marketing a book? How do I handle marketing live appearances? How do I, how do, I do that here? What software is out there that will allow me to, to present or create uh, professional looking or good, clean looking promotional pieces? And then do I have the time or physical support like friends or assistants, virtual assistants to actually upload these things for me because I'm also supposed to be creating the material. Mm -hmm. I'm also supposed to be on the road doing X amount of things. I can't also be, so do I have that support? And if I don't, what's the automated material that I can use, the software I can use to schedule some promotion? What schedules do I feel I can adhere to that I can be consistent about? There's all of these lessons that we need to look at, examine, and then honestly state whether or not we can do it. And if we can't do it ourselves, find the help. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality of it. Because, again, most of us are artists who find that we have to promote, not that we were born to or attracted to that. I would also uh, caution that uh, every one of these social media uh, platforms is in it for the money now. You know, it's oh, all oh. it, yeah. right. So you have <laughs> yeah. to know what limits. You have to know what. They say, oh, promote with this. Does it really promote for you? Does it get to the market you want? So you got to do that. You got to do that legwork and learn what real promotions are and what's just taking some of your money. I will offer one thought to, to, to piggyback off of that. And I, I believe it wholeheartedly. Then and I think Omar is going to explode. Really right. Know. And then you, you've got people saying that, no, 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 no. This is absolute truth. And just as Chris saying, everybody's or a lot of these platforms are in it for money. If you do not have your own way of controlling when and how you reach your audience, yeah. then you are a prisoner of the algorithms of whatever software that you're using. If they change the rules on you, you're screwed. So I am, this is old school for this type of technology, find ways to collect email addresses. Huh? Build, build your email list of your fans or your customers. So that you can reach them no matter what Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some others. LinkedIn. You know, excuse me? LinkedIn is, is LinkedIn, big yes, again no now. What yeah. they do, 
you have a way of reaching the people who say, yeah, I'm into what you're doing. That was when you said like, yeah, everyone's in it for the money. I, rem I remember the day. I remember it was, you know, it was, it was a summer day where <laughs> as if, uh, it was, it was Facebook, right? Uh, I, Facebook made me miss Tom from MySpace so much. Cause we had like nine, we had like a reach of 90,000 people that liked the pay. Like, so that's 90,000 fans, whatever. And all of a sudden it became like what we were posting wasn't reaching all our fans. And it's like, Oh no, you want to reach, you had those 90,000 fans. Yeah. But if you want them to see what you're doing right now, you gotta pay X amount or, or to reach, to reach 5,000. You want to reach 10,000. Well, that's this amount. That's like, it became like, yeah. like a, like a mafia uh, where it's, so things were, that were going like viral, just like off the fan base, whatever now it became harder. And then it became uh, so to combat that it really became like, all right, well, not not going to clickbait this, but how do I title this? So the title is so interesting, not clickbait that it was like, OK, I want to read that. So that's what became like the real like the wording, the titling became like so like, all right, I want to make make it true to the true to the uh, art, true to the um, the article. And also I got to make it unique. So uniqueness really became a thing. And that's yeah. why I talk about those memes on like Twitter where I'm taking these characters that like are from Justice League, X-Men, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, like, oh, people like this. So I come here for I don't have to wait for that yes. to my feet. I will go there for that. And Carrie, being the Instagram genius that she is, like, all right, well, you did that on Twitter. I'm just going to crop that and put it on Instagram. So, you know, I, I have two places I can find that on. Right. As well. I will go there for this. And then uh, I'm here. So I'll check out the article as well. Maybe that'll yeah. lead me, uh, link me to the site uh, from there. And, and, and not to forget to have on your various platforms, wherever you're using it, call to actions, CPAs. Mm. Yep, yep. Click this, follow that, uh, um, uh, check out my website. Uh, yeah, you can say buy my product or whatever. Uh, but the other thing where you want people to follow a certain action, now if they've had a little taste or a little bit of enjoyment, yeah, come on over and check this out, you know, or, 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 you know, give them something and get their email address so that you can, you know, maybe send them a notification once in a while. I mean, don't don't drown them in them. But the mm -hmm. idea is, again, is engagement. Get them engaged with you. Get them communicating with you. Give them something that they want from you so that they stay around. That's really that's really a part of it. And, and luckily, you have this person who's who's rolling with your Instagram for you. I don't <laughs> I've been studying Instagram and various people like that and Facebook, and I find Instagram and Facebook are the two places that I get the most reactions mm -hmm. on my stuff, Kids Comic Con, or Blackjack. So I'm with them for now. You know, if that changes, so be it. Mm. All right. Gaines, what do you say? Do's and don'ts. Um, do's is you have to stay active. That's oh. tough. Yeah. Um, that's tough <laughs> for me sometimes. And... Um, don'ts. I don't know about don'ts. Um, I don't know if I've had any real don'ts. Um, except, except like I said, I mean, I think Alex sort of went here with talking about like Snapchat and stuff. Like I, I made them, I held out on Instagram for a really long time. And then, um, I joined Instagram and I sort of kept up with it. And then it's sort of fallen by the wayside. I mean, I have like a private Instagram that I use daily and I barely use like my, you know, public one. Um, so I think don't commit to more than you're willing to, yeah. to actually yeah. keep up with would be yeah. my, my don't, I think. I think you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You can't do everything on every platform every day. I mean, I take, there's, there's about an hour I do a day to try and get, and I still can't get to everything. So you got to figure out what works for you. And what works for Tony Jackson? That's what I want to know. 
Good question. Um, I, I think it depends on what you're what you're looking for, what works, right? Because I I th I throw out a lot of content, um, and I will use like Twitter as the uh, as like the the spawning ground, right? So I'll like make a comment on Twitter, and then like Omar is saying, like you you screenshot it there, then you crop it, throw it on Instagram, then you have content for Instagram and Facebook, and then you can kind of get a feel for where is the place that this is resonating the most, right? Um, and ex exactly. And, and that's, and all that stuff is there too. I mean, you can pay to have more of that, but you know, you can, you can view insights and see, you know, what time of day are people looking at my post the most? Mm -hmm. Um, what, you know, what age range is, am I hitting? Um, but I would, I would say one of the things that I try to keep in mind is not to, uh, not to believe um, you know, solely the best things that are said about me on any platform, because there are a lot of people that may be fans, you know, quote unquote, or, or appreciators and just legitimately, you know, wholeheartedly agree with something that you're saying or really appreciate what you're doing. Um, and they will, they will tell you, you know, and, and, and I'm sure that we do the same thing for, for others sometimes. Um, and then you have the opposite end, right. Where you have people who will, you know, your detractors who will, will slam and, you know, the, the hate, you can, uh, you can ignore it, right? Um, you can recognize it and ignore it. If there's, if it's criticism, if the, if the, if the difference is, you know, glowing adulation versus criticism, then, you know, like be open to both of them, right? Be, be open, but, mm -hmm. but don't say like, I am, I am not, uh, you know, I am not whatever this person at their most critical has, has broken me down to. You know, that that does not encapsulate me. And I am also not these, you know, the, this glowing, you know, image, you know, up on a uh, up on a pedestal that wait, someone wait, else wait, has said. Wait. I'm not. <laughs> well, no, no, you are. You oh, are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, be <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's be clear. So, yeah, I, I would say keeping keeping that in mind has has been important. Um, but uh but yeah, and then in, in terms of content, like I, you know, I, I really appreciate um, what Gary Vaynerchuk put out. He put out a he's he's like a, a brilliant media dude, and he he put out uh, a 64-page slide deck about creating content and about creating uh, multiple pieces of content and how quickly you're able to do it, how the turnaround is really fast, and also considering uh, the different platforms and addressing that with within what you're doing. Um, so that's that's what to check out. For people who are interested, could you repeat that again, Gary? Who? Yeah. Yes. Um. It's uh. He goes by Gary V. Um. But his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. You can find him under either of those. Um. And he, if you specifically, I, I'm sure if you just Google Gary Vaynerchuk and then uh, slide deck, it's a 64-page slide deck that he did about creating content for social media. And he's he's brilliant at it. Whether whether you love him as an individual or not. Uh, what he does there is is you know incredible. Cool. I, I would, would I would also I would also suggest that you since you're going to go in that vein that you look at um, uh, James Wedmore, who mm. is business by design, and also um, yeah, digital marketer. If you're if you're really looking at marketing, because digital marketer has a thing called digital lab. And it's, it's like you know, 48 bucks a month or something like that. And I know that may be a lot, but the bottom line is they have all of these blueprints, all of these uh, guides and things that you can just pull 
and 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 for every single type of social media because the company is about marketing and they've been right. doing it for a number yeah. of years. So you know it's about finding and you can also find through and I don't want to make this sound like it's easy because it's not, but you can you can browse and you can filter through some of the individuals that give what they call free video samplings of how to do this, how to do that. You'll start to find what I did for over a year is I started to look at from from the youngest to the the, the, the old veterans. And I started to look at what do they say that crosses the yeah. same lines. Mm. Who's who's saying the same thing but in their own style, but it's the same philosophy. Same, same. And then that's you know you do your homework. It's like it's like anything else. Whatever makes real real sense, no matter where it's coming from. Let me take a look at that. Let me see what of that I can use. And at least some of the people that I do listen to say, you can't do everything. The moment you tell me that, okay, all right, so we're really thinking. You cannot, you don't work on every platform. Right. You don't try. But you do try, going back to that original, find out who is your audience, where do they live, how do you reach them? We would be, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Tell the Damn Story co-founder Tim Fielder and uh, his bit of advice was whatever platform you're on, you have to participate. You can't just post. Yeah. You have to go and put comments, make comments. If you're in a group, you have to be in the group, go and, and comment on other people's stuff mm -hmm. and be part of the community. Um, that I think a lot of people miss that, you know, but Tim, you know, thank you, Tim. I'm still, I'm still even, using that bit of advice. Even what Tim is saying ties back to um, what I was saying about being at a table at a convention and everything. Engage in genuine conversation. Don't go for their wallet. You know, immediately. You know, you're gonna post. You go, yeah, be real. And and that's how you build what what they like to call, but what really is community. Cool. All right, we've kind of we've gotten through a lot of stuff. Let's do one rapid round of final thoughts you might want to add. Um, uh, let's let's give the first honor, and we'll let him come back for a last one to our uh, special guest Omar Holman. Yes, uh, Omar. First thoughts about you know anything else you want to add, and then we'll give you a chance to. Oh, I thought of one more thing after we've all yapped, so. I just think, uh, I already mentioned it before about the uniqueness of, uh, in social media, like, all right, if I'm gonna, I mean, I don't think you should be afraid to, like, I don't think you should be afraid to, like, post a meme or something, just something, like, funny or, like, a reaction meme. Like, I like creating GIFs. That's also my other thing, and I'm a big wrestling fan, so I'm, like, there's a, there's a, like, there's, like, everyone like Game of Thrones because, like, there's a division. Well, I'm, like, a, I'm a Baratheon or I'm, like, a Stark. Twitter can be like that as well. And so when you find, like, community, basically. So when you find that community, like, I'm part of, like, the, a wrestling community, right? So I'll make, like, a little, there's a little wrestling reaction, something unique there, or a little meme with the reaction of wrestling, a wrestler, or whatever. So, like, uniqueness in uh, the community that you're a part of. So how you're, the way you're giving to the community that you're in, but what's something unique that I could do to give toward that, or that I can comment? Uh, yeah, comment or give content toward the community mm -hmm. that I'm in. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Tony Jackson, what do you say? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like different people, you know, you, I guess know, know the, tr try to know your purpose, right? Because I was going to say, um, you know, uh, don't lose your authentic self 
when you go yeah. into the different platforms, right? right. Um, and although I know that there are some people who go there for that purpose, right? Like you, you go there to <laughs> say like, hey, this is my page where I'm going to be this. And, you know, that's the, that's what I, what I want to project. So I guess, yeah, I, I think purpose, um, purpose is important. You know, I, I, I know I go to each one and I'm trying to learn everywhere that I, that I am. Um, and so whatever I can contribute, I'm always trying to, trying to take some too. So I think know your purpose. And then if it, if it serves you, right. And if it's a, a part of that purpose, then, you know, don't lose your, your authentic self. Cool. Uh, Mr. Gaines, sir. Um, someone mentioned community, and I've been amazed at how many times someone has come to my table at an event or something like that and said, like, oh, I follow you on Twitter, or oh, I follow you on Facebook, and or oh, you commented on my thing. And, you know, almost 10 times out of 10, I don't remember commenting on this or that or whatever the case may be. Um, but it does, I don't mean pay off in a monetary sense, but it does actually help to build that community, um, and that sort of buy-in between people that you're trying to connect with, you know, people that are, that you're sharing your work with, your art with, your creativity with, um, you want them to be somewhat invested in you as well as an artist, as a creator. And so social media, um, to me, sometimes I feel like I use it in a sort of one-way sense, but when I do use it in a more of a two-way sense, I often get affirmation that that, that matters. Cool. All right. Admiral? <laughs> God. Okay. Full speed. No. Um, I, I will say this. I think, again, we it, it's really been said very well by by everybody here, so I'll just sort of a cap on my end of this and by saying there's a quick story that Don McGregor used to tell. Everybody who doesn't know Don McGregor was one of the writers of the Black Panther and a bunch of other things way back, Kill Raven and everything. Don was t he, he wrote his heart out with the Black Panther, the, the, the Maxi series. It was 12 issues, blah, blah, blah. That was the series the movie was based on. He mm -hmm. wrote his heart out every single issue. It made a lot. It, mean, it meant a lot to him. And so he's writing. And that's what he's there. He's there to tell a good story. So a few years after the series had been out and everything, he encounters a man from South Africa, and I, I wasn't there for this event. It was a black man who had been locked up in South Africa years before. And he tells Don that one of the things that helped him get through it was the few issues of the Black Panther that he was able to get his Wow. You don't know how what you're doing yeah. Affecting people out there. I you don't know that part. Yeah. You have no idea until if you're blessed, one day you get to find out. Just like Cassine was saying a moment ago, he may not remember he responded to this person, but he responded to them and it meant something to them. So I think, again, in terms of what we do as writers and the, the books and stories that we're telling, that's important and we know that. But I think also how we respond to the world through social media. None of us obviously here want to be liars and, and tellers of false tales in order to make a buck. So be genuine, be honest, be open. But also understand that as you're being that, you genuinely did just put your heart and soul into this work. So this work has value. And subsequently, that value does have a monetary content. 
if you can make a certain amount of money off of what you've just produced, you can continue to give that value out there. So be genuine, promote honestly with the integrity in which you are based. If you need help, get it. But know that you are standing up for something you actually worked hard, that you believe in, and it's worth it. And that way you can come from truth. And I think that's really what a lot of what we're doing is about. Beautiful. All right, we're going to give uh, Omar one last chance. Anything you need to add, sir? I'm going to tell uh, Alex what his work on uh, Orpheus Rising meant to me. I'll do it after the, after the call. <laughs> oh, no, you can talk. You can talk about Orpheus Rising anytime you want on this show because – we know that that should be in existence and that character should be in Gotham right now. It has been a thing for, a, it is, I would, that came out in what, 20, no, 2000, Some, was it, yes. 2004? I was about to be in college, so 04, Still with DC when that thing was, when I got yeah. hired by Denny O'Neill and Joe Illich to do that series. They were on the Bat books at that time. It so. has, it is so, okay, since 03, 04, it's been about 17 yeah, I've been thinking about it for like about 17 years, and I've written about it for the uh, for the site. I've written on I've written on him. I have to for a project I'm doing uh, with Will. I'm writing a lot about that as well. Uh, I ran into Tom King, who ran in, uh, who the I guess the, uh, getting into like social media and stuff like that. So when you do something right, you say people appreciate it, right? So when we go to Comic Con now, um, my favorite thing to do is I'll go to uh, a comic book writer that we're reviewing, uh, no matter what press, doesn't have to be Marvel, DC, like whoever, we're reviewing your work. Like, oh, I know this person, this person re- reviews your work. Oh, wait, this is for, all right, give this to Carrie Reviews Mine, mm. give this to her. And so there's one dude, Donnie Cates. I, w- I didn't have anything in my hands. I was just in line uh, waiting to talk to him. Someone's like, well, you're not, they were like, oh, do you have a comic book? I'm like, no, I'm just standing here. And people behind me are like, what, like, what, what, why? And uh, he wrote a book called uh, God Country, and he, he was, I think he was sick or something. He came in and he sat down. And so I'm in front of him. And he's like, oh, I'm, like, oh, I'm Omar. And he just, he, he stands up and, like, hugs me from doing the review. <laughs> Same thing with, um, with uh, Tom King. I met I him. Um, he was doing Batman. I reviewed his Mr. Miracle. Uh, him and Mr. Rads. He was like, oh, thank you. Oh, oh I really like, liked it. So I'm about, to, I'm about to walk away. And there's another dude coming. He's just like, no, nah, no. Nah. He's like, no, nah, hold on. So what can we do better at D.C.? So I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought it was time for me to get the hell on. But now that you mentioned it, there's this character named Orpheus, right? And everything's like, I'm like, this has been... You're doing this whole rebirth and like you yes. want like diversity or whatever, but you have these characters that get like put to the side. Orpheus, my prime example of this. They're supposed to my whole thing is like, all right, you killed him. He was only around for a year, they killed him. There are four others mentioned that he was a part of that. Some were in DC. We don't even see that. We could even just bring that to the light. And he and he's sitting there like, wait, he's like, oh shit, he's like, oh shit, this happens. Like, and so as I walk away, he's sitting there just like this other guy's talking to me. He's just like <laughs> He's like right there. He's like like he's like he's saying it back to him. So I'm like, why? Like, what the hell did DC do when I wasn't here? Like, what the hell? So, so like, so Alex, again, you like, get I, a call from a Tom King. I know, right? Call. <laughs> but like, yeah, but like that. Dude, and it's such a great. I mean, what happened was such a horrific, horrific thing. Like, God, damn it, you have something to snatch it away, whatever. But like, I that's something that stayed with me for so long that I continued to write about for that day. And that character being a prime example of that. So uh, just to, to tell you that, and uh, Mr. Ryan for uh, telling me about you, your work as well. Like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm friends with this dude. Uh, check his work. I'm like, you're friends with him. He knows you. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm his godfather too. I mean, that that. Oh really? I didn't know that. See, I didn't yeah. even know this. That was God. Yeah. This is what we're talking about with community, ladies and gentlemen. You know, yeah. get your get your community going and talk to each other, and uh, the word gets out, and you slowly build. Uh, 
I want to thank everyone who has been involved oh, yeah. with this uh, this whole summer series. This has been a month picnic. of July. We gave out a ton <laughs> of information, free for nothing, because we believe in each other, but we also believe in you. We believe in your ability to go and tell the story. We believe that you should serve the story, and we hope that you will tell others, oh, yeah, go, go check this stuff out. It's still there. It's for free because we believe. Now, should you be interested in, in seeing any more from either any of us, let's go around and tell people where they can find us. For myself, Chris Ryan writes uh, probably most platforms, and uh, there you go. You can find me there. Uh, ChrisRyanWrites.com is a website uh, where all my stuff is, at least for now. Um, you know, that's a conversation for a different day. Should we have a, a website to ourselves? Let's go around the horn. Uh, Mr. Gaines, where do people find you? CassineGaines.com. C-A-S-E-E-N-G-A-I-N-E-S.com. <laughs> Tony Jackson. Um, TonyJackson.com. T-O-N-E-Y Jackson. Dot com and then uh, at he rhymes with me on social stuff and you should buy this book. Wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> yes. yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Buy this book by Omar Holman. All some, we are all, What's the title? Say it out loud. For those who we aren't. We were all yeah. we were all someone else yesterday by Omar Holman. Check <laughs> it out on Button Poetry. Get this, yo. Yo. If, yo. if, if you if you're not thinking about publish uh, buying that book, you should buy this book. We were all else yesterday. <laughs> Omar, Holman. <laughs> Omar Holman, if they're interested, where do they find you? Uh, you can find me at my uh, my birth name, man. Uh, I, actually, it's not even my full name. Uh, you, can, you can find me at Omar Holman, uh, H-O-L-M-O-N. Uh, I am on, you can just Google it. I'm, I'm on there. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, or Black Nerd Problems. I'm, I am there quite often. I make a lot of gifts There's for them. There's a lot of YouTube of your performances <laughs> uh, there, or, too. Yeah. That's yeah. Stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, so I know you were on the third tablet from the Ten Commandments. There was your name there. <laughs> but nowadays, Alex, <laughs> where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> Troll stuff from me. <laughs> See? Oh, uh, you can find me stalking Chris Ryan's house. I'm <laughs> out. Yeah, right, right outside with a with right. shotgun. Baby. <laughs> no, I don't carry no guns. It's just the god is going. I don't know. He went out to dump the garbage. We haven't heard from him. <laughs> that was the end of him. Yeah. Um, Simmons here and now. Simmons. That's with two M's. We got both. Simmons here and now dot com. That's my website. Uh, on uh, Instagram, for some odd reason, I'm Simmons underscore alexander they decided that was clever uh that's that on and then the blackjackadventures.com uh is another place you can find me on the web there's more i'll i'll put it in 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 the in the post all right so uh we're we're hoping that uh this was helpful um please let us know down in the comments share it if you think there's someone who could benefit from it alex simmons take us home brother Okay, everybody, get in the car. No, us. Okay. <laughs> um, Chris. Don't make me turn this around. Tony, it's, it's a joy. It's it's been absolutely wonderful having this experience with you, and we will 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 do it again um, because this is one of the best ways I know to have the opportunity to help people learn to 
Tell, tell them damn, damn story. You get our rhythm together on this. <laughs> we're all still like there. We're all still there. Anyway, Chris, a joy as always. Take care, brother. Peace, everybody. Thanks again.